Welcome to the show, I guess, is uh, in order. It's been a while since I've made one of these, since I've had one of these conversations by myself. There's no guest today. And um, I wasn't going to do this until I got this equipment that I used to use to make these. But uh, this equipment is in uh, Colorado where I was living um, a few years ago and I decided not to bring it for some reason. So it's in a storage locker uh, at this, you know, condo that I have uh, in Capitol Hill, but um, I'm in Missouri. So I thought about driving to get it and then I thought about flying to get it but um i mean i don't i don't have a great deal of money but that's not the that's not the thing i guess i could have done it if i wanted to i guess i just didn't really want to because i didn't know if i had something more to say it's funny i mean the last one of these that i made was over 5 years ago at this point and i did it and i was happy with it and I felt generally pretty okay about things. At that point, it was about, um, it was probably April or May of 2017, and I had just wrapped up a year at Duke, which was awesome. And uh, I felt pretty good about the job that I had and everything. And, um, you know, I, I made the transition, which I've made a hundred times in my life, which is, you know, going from one place where you feel like you've started to make connections and build some roots and stuff to another where you know no one. And um, that's a trend that I that was repeated in my life over and over again before I did my, you know, work at Duke and then also afterwards. So I think that's a good baseline to start because on the one hand, um, I guess the question that I want to, you know, answer is like, why? Why did certain things turn out the way they did? And uh, I haven't been able to answer it yet, but I'm confident, maybe confidence too strong of a word. I'm um, eager and somewhat optimistic, although we all know how that can go, that by the end of this, I'll have some sort of, if not solution, then at least a pseudo solution or a micro one that I can use to ideally help navigate, you know, wherever the hell I am right now and however the hell I got here. Because that's the purpose of this show, I guess, is to figure out how someone got where they got to. And all the episodes the 10 of them or whatever. Some of them I've had to delete because people didn't want me to you know, put them up or whatever, which uh, can't be too butthurt about that. But um, that's what they've all been about. And that's what they've been centered on, so to speak. So how did I get here? So here is kind of an interesting place. Like I said, I mean, before I, I came to Duke, I was um, moving a lot. Uh, 
And um, I mean, that's a trend that has echoed really since birth. You know, I was, um, since I was born really, uh, every year I've had to move. And that's because of a lot of sort of weird things that I, I don't have any control over. Um, no sense dwelling on that. Let's, I think, focus the attention on what happened after Duke. So I graduated in May and I, I headed off to this healthcare company and I was feeling decent about things. I think for the most part, I, you know, I, I flew there. I think I drove there actually before my graduation to get things set up with my apartment and, you know, where I, where I was going to work, like at least looking at the building and everything. And then that happened. I did that. And I came back for graduation and then I, I flew back and, um, I think things just took a turn, turn for the worst, <laughs> as uh, as they say, right? I mean, the first uh, the first day of my job, I mean, that morning it was like four o'clock, and the smoke detector went off for the whole building. Like everybody came out, and since then I've learned, and that that has happened a few times since then, to just not even leave the building. Like, who cares at this point, right? I mean, it's like, just stay. If it's a big multifamily type of building, it's probably either a, it's not a drill at four in the morning, but someone pulled it or someone did something stupid and the fire department's gonna show up. And for some reason, there's a rule that only they can control the switch. That's like an HOA thing, whatever, kind of a, transition to what I ended up doing afterwards. So I was working at this place and um, things didn't get off on the right foot. Uh, I guess I started, it was probably my fault. I, I didn't realize that that group of people that I was with um, didn't have an interest in like being known for anything. It was the first time that I met smart people that were con content being anonymous and it baffled me because I just don't know what that is like, but that's something that they had. And because I didn't have that and I wasn't into the whole, like, let's give up. I mean, maybe it's not giving up, but something, <laughs> uh, it just, it bothered me enough that I didn't, I guess it's not about how much it bothered me. Ultimately it, it figured, I figured it out after the first month, when I got called into this guy's office, that things aren't gonna work here. And it was purely at that moment that I knew that I was gonna keep going and I was gonna, I was gonna try to stomach this, even though I didn't like it. I think what I probably should have done in hindsight at that point is look for another job while I had that job. This is still going, right? Okay, sorry. Uh, had an issue, phone call. It's very professional. I try to keep things professional at uh, the How Did They Get Their uh, Establishment studio, which is uh, my kitchen. So in, in other words, it was very difficult. As I was saying, as I was saying earlier, it was a difficult time. And um, I, I didn't know, I knew that the, that job wouldn't work and um, there would be more hurdles to come. 
and it was purely a personality disconnect just not respecting who I was around it's funny because I used to think that higher education can solve anything you know and um I mean, uh, people that I was around for the most part, like went to really good schools and had good pedigree from like different companies and consulting firms and all that stuff. And still it's like, just, they're just systemic issues that led me to be so discontent without, uh, you know, naming names or uh, noting any sort of like directly identifiable information. It was pretty um, terrible. I hated it. Uh, in uh, March, no, in December of that year, uh, I started this uh, uh, relationship and it was with someone that I never talk about this. So that means I must be really depressed. If I'm talking about this, this is a big deal. We're making a breakthrough. I, uh, yeah, it's, girl, she grew up in, um, in Colorado and she worked at that company. Basically what happens is like, what happened is that our teams merged and, um, she was like, uh, database, whatever. But she was like by far the, um, honest girl at that place. And, um, yes, then, uh, whatever, make her laugh, like, uh, find, things to do with her and hang out and the whole thing. And, uh, it ended not very good. Uh, just a few <laughs> short months later, but, uh, that was like another thing. So I met this company that I don't like. It's like a major company, but there's systemic issues in terms of like personality disconnect. I don't want to sit at a computer for the rest of my life. I just can't do it. And then this chick thing happens, falls apart, and chick leaves that company. And now I'm like alone. And it's weird when you have an office, one of these things, uh, your big thing is, all right. And you mutually agree that you're not really going to tell anybody because, yeah, it's nobody else's business and all this stuff. And then people start to kind of, you know, they get curious because they see you uh, at these events and um, you're kind of like, it looks like you're just into each other. And uh, and then they start asking you or asking them and, and you kind of just deny. And then at one point, here's what happened. This is the beginning of the end. We went to this really formal event. They, this uh, company basically reserved this like professional football stadium for this like annual party or whatever. That's what these corporations do. And it's to try to, it's to try to cultivate bonding. And I went and I knew then that I didn't want to keep this a secret anymore. I mean, I felt like she was treating me like a stranger and um, I didn't like that, but it kind of, it made me angry and I, I was really resentful. But then we went back to, I think her place probably, and just kind of went with it. But then it wasn't the same after that. So anyway, that ended 
And then I was all alone in my studio apartment in, you know, Colorado, Denver, in downtown. And I, I didn't know what to do. And so I guess I, I made the decision at that point to leave. Um, and I left in June. I somehow was able to stay there for like 13 months. And I don't know how. Because after that first month, when I got called into that guy's office, I thought I was done. I mean, I not that I was going to get fired or anything, but just that I hated it so much. Like, I got to leave. I got to find something else. But I just stuck stuck with it. You know, for good or for bad. I think it's for good because using that experience, it's like if I don't like something, then I know that I can, I can stick with it for at least another year. I mean, I've already done that. So anyway, that didn't happen in terms of like, maintaining some presence at this company and I wasn't built for it. I mean, I think if you hear me talking right now, you can kind of tell that I'm not built for stuff like that. I'm just, I have this resentment towards, um, is it authority or is it just authority figures? Just people that uh, I don't like and I don't like being um, talked to by them in a just a weird way. It bothers me, like existentially. But anyway, this is another like preamble, you could say, or transition to another thing that I'll talk about uh, that's happening or that happened pretty recently. So anyway, I left that company. I applied to this program at this university and they turned me down and I thought that was going to solve everything. So I made the bright idea before I, you know, even applied that uh, after I'm leaving this company, in June, uh, I'm going to move in with my, um, with the parental. And, um, I did that and I moved. This is great, by the way, this is an important detail. So I, um, at this place, it's like a big corporate thing. I ended up getting a, a place like, um, that I owned it's this condo in Capitol Hill. And I, I think I brought that up at the beginning of this. And uh, it was great. It was like very nice. Uh, one bed, one bath. Had a balcony. Like really vibrant neighborhood. Which I guess it's code for like crime. Because there was a lot. But um, it was a cool place. And um, this is the best part of that. I was going to get another place that was further out. And I like stuff that's further out from where you kind of are day to day because it just gives you, it's like a 20 minute commute where you can just hang out, kind of listen to music or whatever you want to do. And you're just getting yourself ready. Like you drink your coffee and you know, you uh, think about anything. Like if you have a meeting or something, you think about like, you just like two or three bullet points that you can bring up or whatever, like transition words. And, um, and I was going to move there and everything was there. Mom came and she saw the place and it was great. I, it was awesome. But then I took this chick there and this is before, um, we'd entered into a contract and she didn't like it. And she thought like I was becoming a suburbanite quote unquote. And, uh, and she didn't like that. I could tell she didn't like it. And it was one of those ambivalent, my, my word of the day today is ambivalent. It's one of those ambivalent situations in which you can tell that she doesn't like it. And if I get this place, she's probably not going to come visit me. 
which means that the relationship is probably a disaster, right? If you can't make a commute. But it was pretty antithetical to her personality. She's more like urban or whatever. And uh, anyways, I didn't go through with that place that I really wanted. I ended up finding another place in this Capitol Hill vibrant hindsight neighborhood. Um, and I liked it. I mean, I mentioned, look, I, it was whatever, balcony, whatever, but it wasn't really my style. And uh, <laughs> we broke up, but then I was already under contract. So it closed um, and that was that. I remember the realtor, that guy, like he met her at one point. We were looking at properties. And then I remember the same guy at closing where she's not there or anything. I'm there. And he was like, um, so how's that girl? And uh, I said, what girl? He said, oh, you know, that girl that you were with, uh, your girlfriend. I said, that's done. And he said, okay. And that was that. So moved on from that. So that company's over. Property that I wanted over is over. But I got this other thing out of it. So you know, what are you going to do? What the hell? Crying over spilled milk, right? So get this property with this HOA and everything. And um, I had it when I decided to leave. So now I got to figure out how to take care of it. And I, I had to rent it out and everything, um, which is always fun. Getting involved in that. So basically that happens, rent it out, do the whole thing with that. And I move back, I drive back from Denver to uh, Vegas to live with my mom. Not making any money, I have no job. My only prospect is that this program that I found will take me in because that of course will solve all my, my problems, my issues and uh, in September, they turned me down. So that was a bummer. Uh, I guess when that happened, I, I kind of, um, I, I wouldn't say I had a breakdown or anything. I was just, um, I mean, I'm generally strong person, I guess. It just, it really flustered me. It was like another like existential moment where I'm just, I'm not really sure what to do. Um, I'm living here. The stuff that I decided to move, uh, you know, I brought back everything else, all my furniture, I donated it to the Salvation Army. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I'm glad I did that. But I didn't have anything really to call my own at that point. I had this property that was being rented. But, um, you know, and I, I understand that that is something. But other than that, I guess I just didn't feel like I owned anything, quote unquote. And I started applying for all these jobs. Like, you name it. Um, if it had analysts in the title, I applied. Uh, so <laughs> I applied to a lot of those jobs. I even applied to uh, like a medical, like, you know, those hospital clerk applied to one of those jobs. Actually, a few of those locally did not get hired for anything. I got some interviews, but I was an unhirable because you have this guy. He has this pedigree somewhat. Uh, at least at the master's level, at this, you know, great institute or institution. And he has this year of experience as an analyst, and then he leaves. I mean, very hard to hire, get a second job. So I guess if you're in that situation, apply to get a job before you leave. It's going to help you out a lot. Anyways, uh, I didn't make that decision. I made the bad choice, and I didn't have anything. So no jobs were hiring me. I basically had to, um, I mean, I got this real estate 
license thing, which was like hell to get because you have to sit through this orientation, which is like these two guys just, it was just terrible. I hated it. I hated every minute of it. I felt like I was doing a disservice to myself. And this is not why I, you know, went to that institution in the first place. It's kind of wasting my, you know, parts of my life, my career, definitely. Nothing was working out. I spent a year studying for the law school exam, law school test. I tested, I ended up taking three times just to get higher scores. Um, I mean, to my chagrin, my third score was actually my lowest, which is not fun because uh, I thought I'd made the changes that I needed to, but whatever. I still got into a lot of, lots of, um, I got into like five law schools and I got a scholarship to one. And um, when that happened, like almost a week afterwards, uh, their ranking slipped like 10 places and I decided not to go there. I was really serious about it and I would have gone, but I just didn't have the support to do that. And I didn't, it didn't make sense at that point. So what happened? Uh, I mean, 2020 happened. This is uh, kind of overlaps during that time. And uh, in March, I was following this thing a little bit before that, but whatever. Look, I mean, you still don't know the scope of it, so it doesn't really matter. Like, what good does it really do? Um, March happens. I applied to this I applied to this master's direct entry nursing program in St. Louis and I got it and I decided to do that. And uh, it's weird that I did because everyone in my family is involved in medicine, but they're all doctors. And I, for some reason, I was, I had such low amount of rope that I could pull to do anything that I decided to do that. And, um, yeah, I went through a lot over those two years. I mean, um, just you think about like going to do clinical rotations and um, you get treated like you're a 15 year old girl. It's kind of weird uh, because I've worked and I guess that's the that company that I worked at, that's their influence kind of rubbing off. Like the anything that I experienced in the program that I was in really had no bearing on any sort of like strenuous strides. I mean, that sounds really lame. Uh, it's like, what the hell are you talking about, John? Uh, I guess what that means is like just the work ethic that I got from them made this kind of like, not cake, but just like, all right, I got to get through this. Like, so I guess I, you know, before I said working at that company that I didn't like, spending a year there told me or instructed me that I could spend another year somewhere else that I didn't like. Uh, in this case, I spent two of those years um, doing something that I really didn't like. I mean, I don't have anything. I mean, I guess I have a lot against them, so I can't say, you know, the reverse of that, but just lots of issues, man. I mean, it's weird. You go from this environment. I mean, I grew up in going to hospitals and seeing, you know, my family work and lab coats and just getting treated with respect. And now I'm, I'm being talked down to by like a nurse that's wearing those scrubs and I'm wearing those scrubs too. And I have to constantly prove that, you know, I know more than them because I do on many levels in terms of like just studying. I mean, you start to have this shorthand and then you, you know, you think about the material in a medical sense and you start to kind of go way past any what anyone else wants to do but anyway um 
I guess it's, it was successful because towards the end of the program, I guess this is the end of last year in 21, end of the beginning of this year too, I started applying to these programs, like these med school linkage programs, and I got into like all of them. I got into really prestigious ones. There's a great university in St. Louis. It's the highly regarded university, top 20 university in the country. And I, I mean, I got into that program. So I, I definitely delivered in terms of, you know, academically, which I did not do at Duke. Um, and um, I showed that I was kind of learning from my mistakes and my other falters because here was this thing that I really didn't like on some level, but I knew that I could use it to do something and to get to the next level. My whole plan with doing this was to train and becoming a provider and the med school linkage acceptances were a testament to that. But then here's this other issue where I'm 28 years old and I'm gonna spend five years going through, I'm gonna spend a year of uncertainty trying to get into med school, four more years in med school and then so on. I'm gonna be pretty old. I'm gonna be a late 30s resident, which is doesn't sound that odd, but it actually kind of is. Most people graduate med school when they're 26 or 27. So you do the math, it's a lot. Am I gonna take that toll? But uh, it was something that I was prepared to do. I applied to this other program, a doctoral program in this field, um, you know, at an Ivy League university and I was accepted. And I guess the past months was going back and forth between these two like options and they were pretty okay, I guess, but the med school option would have been way better if I was like 23, you know, or 24, like being, um, I, th I think the discussion that I ultimately had was that being older than 25 or 26 and entering this when you know that most people have left is kind of, it's a tough one. It takes a lot of, it takes a lot of something. It takes a lot of tenacity and drive and, and very specific and focused drive that's concentrated on the field of medicine, which is great. Something that I have so much respect for, but was that going to be my path? It felt like I was not taking a step back. I mean, anything you do with medicine in my mind is going forward, but from an age standpoint, it was doing a disservice to the experience that I had accumulated before that point. I kind of decided fairly recently to, you know, go with the doctorate. And it's in psychiatry. I spent a lot of nights in psychiatry. So in this uh, program, I did an internship where I spent like 15, 12 hour shifts managing psych patients overnight. It was the night shift, seven to seven. So kind of an interesting time. Um, and I, that's after I did my psych clinical. So I was very um, psych driven, I guess. I even set up my own rotation. I mean, I shadowed the tending psychiatrist. No one from this program had done anything remotely resembling that. I shadowed the psych um, NP, which I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't very impressed with, but I did that for like three weeks too. So very psych. And I guess that's what I'm heading into. But I guess why, why, why did I decide to make this? Well, a couple of reasons. One, I've been kind of a ghost. I haven't been kind of a ghost. I have been a ghost for the past several years, really since um, the Duke thing. I mean, I definitely was active and like in volunteering and doing public service. And I consider nursing like a big sort of step forward in public service. So I'm happy, I'm happy about that, I suppose. But I take a lot of, um, a lot of battles 
in that field. Um, and uh, it wasn't uh, easy to go through that. <laughs> and I guess the point is I, I felt a lot more connected with the people that I've met at Duke than I did in this nursing thing. I mean, I really, there was not one person that sort of shared this this experience and this background and this goal of just moving forward past nursing, like become a provider, but they don't, cohort doesn't really want to do that. So I'm, I'm stuck kind of alone again, and it's a total drag. I'm kind of sick of being alone. It's just uh, annoying. It's kind of interesting that the past two years led, you know, so many people to realize and discover what it means to be alone uh, temporarily, but I mean, in some cases for several months, you look at all the investment banks becoming, you know, almost remote, <laughs> remotely run institutions for, you know, brief amount of time. Now everyone's back at the office for the most part, um, I guess. But I don't know. I, I guess when you've always been alone, you don't really see a difference. And that's kind of scary because you don't know when something is going worse. Um, you know, I mean, I guess mentally is one way to say, but I mean, I don't necessarily feel that I have experienced a lot of like mental heartache um, moments. Wait a minute, that's a lie. <laughs> I've experienced plenty of those, but I, I don't have, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, it's not, um, being alone is, is a byproduct of like more of my life experience than it is a personal decision at this point. But when I was a Duke, and I mentioned the friends that I had and everything, I still, I was alone quite a bit. I was working on stuff, but I was alone working on stuff. And um, that was because of my own choices. And as a result, that in conjunction with this lie that I told or fell into or both at a party, um, which still haunts me, <laughs> has basically tarnished any sort of relationship that I have, a real one, with my peers. So another big reason why I made this is because during this process of making this decision of, do I wanna do this med school thing or do I wanna do this doctoral thing in a field that, by the way, I think has a lot of, you know, a lot of room for improvement. There are a lot of things that I don't like about parts of it and, and I think that's, those, that's good for me because it's an opportunity to make a change. But in terms of the decision, I mean, I was still really actively thinking about this and I, I really wasn't sure. At one point I actually turned down the med school program and then I, three weeks later, two weeks later, I contacted them again and I said, hey, I made this mistake. I wrote this very thoughtful letter and they reinstated me, which they did not have to do. They don't take a lot of people for these, this program in particular. And then over the weekend, I told them that uh, I wasn't going to do it. I mean, how does that make them feel? How does that make me feel? Not very good. So I was basically dealing with this decision before I had kind of come out with them about that. I was very eager when I got reinstated to go to the med school thing. And um, at that moment, it was kind of time that the reunion, my five-year reunion was falling um, into place and falling into place. It was, it was about to happen. And 
I didn't feel like I could come to that reunion in my situation. And that's, honestly, it's my own thing. Because I don't think it would have really mattered. But, I mean, here's this guy, this 28-year-old guy that <laughs> told this lie when he was a student and, you know, had all these uh, things, but was alone a lot, but had friends. And he's coming to us with this either one, a dilemma. Am I going to come to them with a dilemma about which course of action should I take? Probably not the best thing to come with in five years. It's like, oh, he's like, he's like worse than he was before he left this program. Or um, do you have a decision in place? Well, I had a decision at that point. I was going to do this med school thing, but then it's like, what am I going to tell them? Like, hey, it's five years. Uh, I'm, I'm just about to start. So I guess at the next reunion, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this, right? I mean, it, it wouldn't have gone over well. And the issue is, that's not the number one. The big issue is, if I had told them that, and I decided, which I ended up doing, telling them the, that I didn't want to do that, and now I'm switching to something else, uh whether it's an Ivy League place or not, it's still, a, it's still a disconnect in terms of disconnect. It's something different than what I'm telling them that I'm gonna do, then that's, that can be problematic. Because my credibility, and this is very specific to the lie that I told, it's, um, it's the same topic. And it would be a different lie, an honest lie, so to speak, but it would tarnish my credibility even more than it, has already been tarnished. So I didn't go. I didn't go. And uh, to anyone that knows anything about Duke, this is one of the most impactful, significant years in the history of Duke that has ever happened. You know, a longstanding coach, I mean, just left. But before <laughs> that, you know, we, our team went to the Final Four with a rival, which has never happened. We've been in the Final Four at the same time. We've never played against them in the Final Four. You know, we lost a game to them before that. Before that game that I referenced, we beat them by a landslide. And I saw the game that we lost with, you know, a room full of alumni at this kind of a lame menu that someone put together in St. Louis, but I did go there and um, it was hard. <laughs> but then that happened and it was a monumental thing at Duke. You think about any time that you would wanna go to Duke for one of these get togethers, it's that, it's 2022, April of 2022. The past two years of my institution didn't have reunions in person. And this was gonna be the year that all those classes came together. And what happened is I, 10 days before, at this point, I was gonna to go to this Ivy League place. I wasn't gonna ask for the reinstatement. I looked to see who was there and it was like three people, maybe four. It was like three people that I liked, that I really hung out with. I mean, I'm friendly with, I think everybody from my cohort, but, in terms of like who I was really friend, friends with, friendly with, and uh, it's a very loose friendship on some level. But I thought we could kind of pick up where we left off and it would be great. 
And I guess five days later, I made this decision to get re I, and I was able to get reinstated to this med school thing. And I thought, what am I going to tell them? And if I tell them the wrong thing and I end up doing something else, then I'm, I'm screwed. And, um, so I didn't go. And it wouldn't have bothered me that much, but I got my karma and this karma, I think is for seeing that my friends, at least I knew some of the people very intimately. I mean, I was really friend friendly with them, seeing them have that they've registered, but not seeing that others had. And so I just didn't, I decided not to do it. And then I saw this picture that they released and it was like, um, all the friends, I mean, a lot of them that I had there, people that I wanted to know what they were doing, you know, and um, they were all sitting at a table and they were smiling and I guess that kind of killed me <laughs> in a way. And it was unfortunate because at that point I realized that I'd missed out on something really significant and that nothing that I could do could get me back with them. And I mentioned like when that girl thing ended, it was uh, horrific, <laughs> really sucked. And I thought in movies that when people reacted that way, that that was just exaggeration. And they weren't really feeling that those feelings of pain that they were expressing at that point. It was just an internal, it was an external exercise and it helped them feel better. But what I found is that, yeah, breakups suck. Apparently they're not good for the person that's doing it. But in my case, which is up to debate in terms of who, whatever, you know, you know the drill. But I felt kind of victimized. And it was weird. It was, it felt like um, this heartache and it, this, what happened kind of felt similar to that. It just led to this, um, I didn't cry. The breakup thing, I, I cried a lot. But this thing, I just, um, I don't know, I guess I, I knew that I was going to regret this moment for the rest of my life. And it felt like, it felt like a robot had taken over, you know, when I saw that three people had registered for the, this reunion and I didn't, um, I should have because now I can never get those friends back. It's never gonna be the same. I mean, you think about all those moments and times that they had, and maybe a few of them thought like, oh, how come he's, this guy isn't here, you know? Because I was really into this stuff when I was a student and now, and I, I have still continue to be, but you know, this guy doesn't go to his reunion. It's like, oh, who does he think he is? I mean, I know that they didn't say that, but it's like, oh yeah, John the Liar, you know, didn't, um, didn't come to the reunion. And, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, all right, how can I make this right?
All right, uh, well, in five years I'll go and it'll be fine. But at the end of the day, it's not. <laughs> five years, everything's going to change. A lot of those people aren't going to come because they have different commitments. And a lot of those people that do come will come with significant others or and or kids. And um, it's not going to be like it is like it would have been now. We would have had so much fun going to all the hangouts and you know, going to um, uh, just the different buildings and and getting getting coffee at the place that I like, you know, on that campus and and all the other venues that we would have stopped at. I was gonna drive. I had my car, just like uh, you know, like Mercedes. We're gonna have so much fun. It's gonna be like a totally epic night and uh, I missed it. It's weird, it sucks. And there's nothing I can do to get back to that. There's not an email that I can send or a phone call that I can really have that will restore, you know, what that community means to me and also where I stand in it, or I guess sit in it barely at this point. So I guess that's what led me to do this. I thought about doing this maybe like six months in to this nursing thing. And I can't even mention that. I mean, I can't even, I hate talking about it because it just feels like it's not my potential, but I am where I am, right? <laughs> like, what are you gonna do at certain points? Like, all right, it's like, you gotta deal with what you gotta deal with, right? Um, but I guess, um, yeah, like, how did I get here? That was the question, right? And maybe the real question is, how do I get out of here? And maybe that's not possible. But that would be like another line of depression. I mean, I, I definitely feel depressed. And when that happened and I saw that picture, I felt really bad, even though I should have probably felt good for them that they were with each other and everything. I just felt like I, um, I was a void and didn't feel good. And it probably felt similar, probably not as exaggerated to some others that I didn't hang out with when I was going to school there. Because, because what? Because I thought, in the back of my mind that um, I'm here to do great things. But what you realize is being with people that are smart and have drive and have these their talents in different areas actually makes you, I don't know if it makes you better, but it's fun being around that. It's like, it's such a unique thing. And um, most people don't get that experience to study at a, really nice institution. I somehow, in spite of all my screw ups, had managed to be, you know, directly affiliated in, you know, with these two really exceptional graduate schools. And I don't really know how. I mean, but in any case, I, I realized that I took this for granted. And I guess I made a commitment at, after that, that I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna make the same mistake again. And that I was gonna start being more 
you know, I use the word engaged, but engaged feels kind of uh, plastic and artificial at this point. It's like, he's always engaged, but is he really engaged? So I think a better way to put it is just uh, being a real friend. And I think that's, those are lessons that I'm going to learn. You know, I don't anticipate that I, I don't really have a lot of common, might be hard to believe, but with a lot of people that are in my field right now, I'm not a 20 year old blonde girl, which most of them tend to be that grew up in like a rural area. I kind of don't fit, can't even use the word fit in this situation, but I just, it's not me. Um, so I'm in a profession that I'm really going to rebel against a lot, which is maybe it's unfortunate. Maybe it's a good thing because it actually boosts the profession. When I say rebel, I just mean that, you know, I, I don't think that they're doing good enough and I think I can add a lot more, but I guess just in general, I don't think I'm ever going to have the friendships that I wanted because I discovered the value of friendship so late. I'm almost 30. I'll be 29 this year. And I don't know. I just, um, I'm really depressed. I kind of feel like there's nothing I can do. And I missed out on this pivotal moment and it sucks. So I don't know, maybe there's not a real resolution. Maybe there should be like a part two of this, but I think it's probably going to lead to the same result. So let's just nix the part two idea. I think, um, I don't know, I think I need to work on this, but I think coming to grips with it, the cliche is that coming to grips with your issue is the first, the first part of making any meaningful change. And I think that's probably what I should do. Um, it just, it's a bummer. And then I have to deal with this identity thing, like, am I a liar, am I not? I reached out to a lot of people that I lied to, to their face. Um, I reached out to them like over email and some of them wrote back and they're like, yeah, it's water on the bridge or whatever. But I know deep, deep seatedly that uh, it's done with us and it's a bummer. So I guess that's what I'm going to leave you with. Um, you know, at a certain point, you feel bad because you did something bad and all the people that told you not to do the bad thing are people that you brushed aside. And now this relationship, which used to be quite intimate, is now kind of, it's not real. It's like, it's like the relationship you have with someone on, you know, a business platform. It's like, what about all those nights that we went out and all that, but none of that matters anymore because, because of you. <laughs> and I don't know if there's anything you can do to really um, make that better. But I guess if you have that attitude, then, you know, you're not setting up yourself in the best position to uh, move forward. So I guess that's what I'll leave you with. Thanks for listening. This was another episode and I hope you enjoy it.
you enjoyed past tense